0: Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode.
1: Hello, and welcome to The Lineup, Officer Magazine's weekly podcast, looking behind the headlines of this week's news in policing and law enforcement. My name is Joe Vince, assistant editor for Officer Magazine, and back again this week after a two-week absence is my regular co-host.
0: Oh, I'm, now I'm just a co-host, and it was a two-week oh. absence. My name is Lieutenant Frank Borelli. It was two weeks of wondrous vacation, and uh, we're all co-hosts. It's It's wonderful to have a team that does what we do, and thank you guys for covering while I was out.
1: Well, I'm glad to have you back, and uh, I'm also glad that this week we are not talking about a mass shooting for the first time in the lineup, so that's good. Yeah. Um, Starting off, um, the first story is actually a a kind of a trend, well, I shouldn't say trend, but three incidents that have happened um, this week um, that are uh, troubling. Um, In these cases, are mistaken identity shootings Uh, in Missouri, uh, a teenager who went to the wrong door to pick up siblings was um, shot and wounded by an 80-year-old resident um, who didn't, you know, had mistaken who this person was. Um, In Austin, Texas, uh, another incident where two cheerleaders who um, were uh, trying to get back to their car in a parking lot, went to the wrong car, Um, a person within the car followed them back and um, shot them, wounding them, and in New York, a woman uh, was shot and killed in a a similar situation of going to the wrong address and being shot by the homeowner um again it's um a case of citizens um being maybe not just being in fear to begin with before this kind of happening and reacting um having their weapons and, and and reacting um for law enforcement this can be a bit chilling because um you don't know now if even on just a a, a friendly call um whether or not a homeowner now is just going to be preemptively open fire in some cases these might just be outliers but it for them to have happened within a week span it, it it's it's a bit um troubling
0: you know you know what I it, it they're all tragedy joe but i, mm-hmm. I consider them an example of a certain type of event. Now, I, I wouldn't say that police officers, you know, like you said, they get on a friendly call and they don't know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. Sure. That whole expect the unexpected thing kind of is is the best we can do. Um, and there there's no real way to do it other than being on your guard, being aware, knowing where your your cover is, know where your uh, lanes of of exit are, so on. But, um, you know, I, I would like to think that in, in the instance of the gentleman, 84 year old man, who shoots a, a guy um, on his front step, guys at his door, um, utterly ashamed, but it's got to have something to do with the fact that there's an 84 year old man who can easily perceive a threat. Now, I think sometimes this makes a good argument for cognitive testing if you're going to continue to have a gun, but then even uh-huh. in your home. Who's to say that it's right for anybody to test you to see if it's okay for you to have a gun in your own home for self-protection or self-defense? Um, I, I think it's a sad situation. I hate to see it. Um, you know, in the event of the cheerleader gets shot after she she gets in the wrong car, uh, how many citizens out there are, in, in I don't want to say in regular fear of, but aware of the potential threat of carjackings? Right. And when somebody just gets in your car out of the blue, I don't care if it's male, female, young or old. I mean, if it's a ten year old, I get it. They're they're not an immediate threat unless they got a gun in their hand. And it's sad to say that today, but it's reality. Um, you know, you don't know them from Adam. You don't know their intentions. And if you are already, for whatever reason, uncomfortable or nervous or whatever, you think somebody's trying to carjack you, what's your what's your actions gonna be? You know, it's sad, it's tragic, but until we can get Inside the head of the person who pulled the trigger, we don't know why they pulled that trigger. In New York, you know, woman drives the wrong address, fatally shot by the homeowner. I can think of places where I used to work the street where if you pulled up into the driveway and uh, the drug dealers inside of the house thought that you might be the police or might be a rival drug dealer or might be somebody else unfriendly. They'd open fire on you for pulling up in your driveway, and again, um, you know, pull, pulling in a driveway doesn't usually represent a threat. So, it's, but we have another case here: a guy, sixty-five years old, comes out to his porch, fires two shots. Why? This is this is really piss poor examples of gun ownership. Why? Why a man? would feel threatened by somebody sitting in their, in their car in his driveway when he's on his front porch with a gun in his hand, you know, unless they're going to shoot you through the window. And I guess that's always a possibility too. It just depends on how paranoid you are. They're not a threat till they get out of the car with a gun in their hand or a knife in their hand or whatever. And uh, usually you have enough space between a front porch and a driveway to engage them before they get to your porch. The, these are sad and tragic events that I think could be avoided um, just just by proper training and awareness on the people, the part of the gun owners. Um, and, and the other side of that is we need to be aware that mistakes happen all the time. We never understand how the person, other person involved is going to perceive what's going on. And if they perceive a threat, there's always that chance that they'll pull that trigger. It's just, it's a sad reality.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and when,
1: I will you talk about uh, bad gun ownership and uh, in, in previous jobs reporting, um, you know, I do stories on um, on burglaries, people breaking into cars and so on. And invariably, I would get there would be comments of someone I wish they would have hit my house because I would have just shot shot them. And it always strikes me as, like, why would you – like, that's someone itching to want to shoot someone in some cases. It's not about protecting your home. It's, like, because you wouldn't necessarily just want someone to break in your house just to to show off, to show off um, your there, uh, pistol skills.
0: There, there are people, and they usually don't have much pistol skills, who are just eager to show how badass they are and how willing yeah. they are to do violence. And, uh, unfortunately, we can't weed them out. From gun ownership but even if we could uh where there's a will to do harm there's a way to do harm uh, we see it with people using machetes and explosives and even driving their vehicle down the street so until we can read the human heart we're kind of stuck with reacting as best we can
1: yeah on to the next story um uh, a police officer in india indianola iowa um was uh helping to in a response on on, a, on a high speed chase was deploying stop sticks um as the suspect's vehicle hit the stop sticks they became uh caught underneath uh the vehicle it was also um windy conditions uh, um during this chase and whatever happened the the stop sticks flew up and um they uh, the cord i believe the officer thought caught two of his fingers and severed them um i had not heard of um of this type of accident happening with stop sticks um there was a let's see i think what were the numbers here i have between from 2009 to 2021 there have been 22 officers killed uh, while attempting to deploy stop sticks, I'm, I'm imagining, yeah, most in most of those cases, those are officers who were struck by a uh, by a vehicle, usually the suspects vehicle in the chase, um, but uh, never had heard anything like this happening with stop sticks. Had, had you heard of, um, of of officers getting injured using stop sticks like
0: this? No, this, this is a new one on me, and I think it's kind of a freak accident when you look at it. Um... You have you have environmental issues involved. The wind, you have mm-hmm. uh, the stop sticks getting caught up in the vehicles' uh, tires, and you know any any a piece of string if it's going fast enough and uh, taut enough can can take a piece off of you. So um, I, I look at this and I think, yep, freak accident, the kind of thing you can never plan for, you can never anticipate. But uh, now you can bet in every class on stop sticks deployment. There'll be a mention of, um, you know, making sure that you stay out of a risk zone. Um, that is, you know, the the vehicle plus the length of the stop stick, and you know, you deploy it and get clear. And if you can't do that in, in time, then you don't deploy it. Um, it's it's kind of interesting that the freak accidents have to be addressed by lawyers and liability mitigation or risk management, mm-hmm. um, but how does anybody ever anticipate this or plan for this and it's i feel really bad for the officer he didn't lose the whole of two fingers he, he lost pieces of two fingers but from what i understand reading the article he's lost movement and use of those two fingers um that that makes makes uh makes it a challenge to still be a police officer i, I think unfortunately he's going to end up on administrative duty if he stays on the job or he's going to end up retiring but I, I, yeah, it's just a freak thing i I don't see how anybody could have anticipated it,
1: yeah, and he is right now on um light duty um, he uh, I believe this happened April first and he returned um about uh, two weeks later um but yeah, again, um just a just a strange type of accident. it even sounded what I was reading didn't sound like they were quite even sure. What exactly happened, as far as to for all of that to occur?
0: Yeah, and um, he st- makes a statement in the article. Very good point. If 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 it can take off a couple of fingers, it can lacerate an arm or a leg down to the bone. He could have been yeah. looking at arterial bleeds. He could have been looking at partial or complete amputation of of an arm or a leg. If this had hit him in the neck, this could have severed carotid, jugular. Uh, cervical spine. I mean, there's a whole lot of ways this could have gone even worse. As bad as it was, uh, again, completely unanticipated. And how do you avoid it if you, if you're not anticipating it to begin with? So,
1: another example of of the dangers uh, of the job. Uh, sticking with chases, um, Washington State uh, has uh, proposed, and it's now on the governor's desk uh a new um uh i guess you would call it uh police chase reforms and um it's it's in an effort to address um uh, the cases where officers now have been told you know cut off chases and it's trying to find a, a middle ground in order to still pursue um suspects and dangerous individuals but also not possibly um endanger others because of, of high speed chases. Um, this this is a bill that uh, one lawmaker had called just a half a half step in the right direction. Um, it, I don't know necessarily know if everyone's happy with the results of this in Washington, but it <laughs> nobody's is nobody's ever
0: gonna all there's that's no way true to make a law everybody's happy with, sorry. <laughs>
1: um but it, it it is something that a lot of states and um other jurisdictions are are having to to deal with because um i it seems like there was there was a big push to limit or eliminate uh, police chases and in, in the past i'd say year and a half or so there's really been um strong support of in, in places where that has been the case of public outcry of saying, no, you know, we, we want you to chase these people. Um, From what it sounds like from the public, it's, it's almost uh, the attitude is pursue it, but you know, try to be as safe as possible. Um,
0: so go ahead. You know, yeah, you, you, it's, it's stupid to have a no pursuit policy. That's, that's just my outlook as, as a veteran cop. Why, why would you tell the bad guys, if you run, you're going to get away because we're not allowed to chase you. That's all but ensuring that they are going to run away. And the mainstream media is really good about making sure the criminals always know what they can get away with. And it makes you wonder what's going on with the legislative bodies that they do such big favors for the cri- for the crooks, for the bad guys. Rob that bank. If we can catch you in the bank, we're going to arrest you. But if you get out and you get in your car and you drive away... Nobody's going to chase you. You got away with it. You know, the detectives will try to figure out who you are. Um, do it in a stolen car so we can't, nobody can track the car back to you. It's just, why would we do that? Um, and I get the risk management of it, I get the liability minimization. When we became a society that holds a police officer responsible for the actions of a criminal, we really hurt ourselves. And if criminals run, police should chase. Is there a limit? Absolutely, but we have limits already. I can't chase somebody out of Maryland into D.C. for a misdemeanor traffic violation. I can't cross the state line. Interestingly, I can chase them all the way across the state of Texas, in Texas, for a misdemeanor traffic violation. Somebody's going to run out of gas because Texas is so damn big. (laughs) If we leave Houston and we're heading for El Paso at 150 miles an hour, and I'm not saying anything about Texas's laws. That doesn't matter. What I'm saying is misdemeanor crime. You got a taillight out. As long as you don't leave the state, you can chase them. Felony crime, somebody wanted for murder. You're trying to get them get arrest them for murder. You cross that line, you keep on going. Now, at what point does the public say, oh, hell yes. Don't let them go. You got to lock them up. When it's a 17-year-old individual who's out joyriding in mom and dad's car without permission, going too fast, cop tries to pull him over, he decides to run, cop chases him, 17-year-old, because he's an inexperienced driver and shouldn't be behind the wheel anyway, wrecks the car and is crippled or dead. All of a sudden, it's the police officer's fault because they chased him. Well, the police officer didn't tell that 17-year-old steal mommy and daddy's car. The police officer didn't tell that 17-year-old go out and speed and break the law. Police officer didn't tell that 17-year-old, when you are stopped, run. That's always a smart thing to do. They, they, but, but somehow the police officer is responsible for that individual's death or permanent disability, whatever. That's, that's just a wrong way to think about it. Criminals should know if you run from the police, they're going to run you down. Do the police officers have to make balanced and judicious judgments, uh, you know, reasonable, articulable, this is why I kept going. This is why I stopped. Absolutely, they should. There, I mean, if you have the option, put a helicopter up. Great. That that because you can't outrun the helicopter, right? Um, but I was in my fair share of chases. I did some dumb stuff in chases. Uh, 132 miles an hour the wrong way on a major avenue during rush hour is pretty stupid. Mm. Um, and I should not have done that. And I thank God I lived through it. Nobody got hurt in that mess. But by the same token, on a state highway where the speed limit's 70 and there's me and the bad guy on the road, and I got three and a half hours of straight highway in front of me, and I'm in a vehicle that'll do 120, and he's in a vehicle that's choking at 70, I'm supposed to let him go? It, that's just asinine. Anyway, um, this Washington bill, the Senate bill, you know, they're trying to re-empower police officers. It's, it, this is on a frequency. It's on a wave. So we went through a time where we're gonna we're gonna handcuff the police. We're gonna prevent them from taking enforcement action. Crime rates start to go up. The citizens say, "Well, we can't have that." Reempower the police. Police are gonna get reempowered. Crime rates are gonna come down. Liability is gonna go up. Citizens are gonna cry. Police officers are gonna get restricted. Crime rates gonna go up, and it's a never-ending cycle.
1: like you said, you yeah. You've been in chases, but you haven't been any in any lately. Um, no, thank God. As far as we know, um, given given how boy guys, since the the pandemic, just the increase in traffic accidents, would you want to navigate a pursuit? Don't even factor in the the suspect's vehicle, but with the other motorists now, I just feel like. Um, that's almost a bigger hazard that, than it has been because either distracted driving or just plain. I I'm on the road too, and I'm I'm gonna stake my 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 territory and hell with everyone else.
0: You know, um, it, it is it, it is sad, uh, and I think it's regional. I think it depends on where you are. Okay, so you have places where respect for law enforcement is still a big deal. And by and large, the young people are being taught respect the police. If you hear those lights or sirens, you pull over, you stop, you get out of the way, let them do what they got to do. They're there to protect you and everything. That's a whole lot better. Then you have those places in different regions of the country where people have been raised to believe that the police are wrong, that they're an inconvenience, that they're a nuisance. So when they're driving down the road and they see the lights and sirens, they just do what they want to do, because to hell with the police. Police are just an inconvenience and a nuisance anyway. And here they are. Why, why should I slow down and pull off the side of the road to get out of their way? Um, and, and they give no thought to the fact that, you know, if it's an ambulance, that they might be letting somebody die because they're hindering the ambulance from getting there. If it's a the police, they might be letting a serial rapist get away because they decide they're too important to get out of the way. Um, I really think it depends on how the people have been raised and what they're doing. Uh, Distracted driving aside, and I I was out driving with my wife yesterday, and I can't tell you how many people I saw driving around looking at their lap, because they have to hold their phone down, because if if the police see you with the phone in your hand, Uh then, you know, you get pulled over. So instead, what they do is they put their phone in their lap, and they're not even anywhere near looking at the road, and and, um, their reaction time is exceedingly piss poor. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just sad. But um, as far as the chases go, yeah, I think it's, it's a bigger challenge today for law enforcement. As I've said before many, many times, I am really glad I'm not starting my career now because it's, it's got to be so frustrating. I'm glad I did that 40 years ago when criminals knew if you run, the police were coming for you. If you fought, you were going to lose. There was always more of us. And nobody cared if we had to take you to the hospital before we took you to the jail. You fought. You're, we're, we're putting you in handcuffs. However hard you fight, it's how hard we fight back. No And they expected that. The criminals knew that. Nobody whined and cried, and then and they were victimized, and, and the police were brutal. And I could not do this today, honestly. I, I feel bad for our young officers coming on the street, and I salute them for their willingness to take on the mainstream media and society's crap. Wow, how negative can I be? Moving on.
1: <laughs> this is uh, uh from the Citizens on Patrol file. A uh, pizza delivery driver um, was dropping off an order at a home when he was caught in the middle of a police car chase that turned into a a police foot chase um, that was unfolding right in front of him. So he decided to do the natural thing, which is to stick out his leg and trip the suspect um, and letting police apprehend uh, the individual. I like this guy's quote. Um, he, after the incident, he said, I am so sick of seeing crime go on. So if the police needed a hand or a foot, I was there. Um, there's actually a uh, um, a, uh, a security camera video of this. And it, it, it's just, it's kind of neat to watch because you can kinda you're seeing the back of his head, but you kind of just see him watch it, everything kind of happening. And he just sort of like, nonchalantly just just goes over and sticks his foot out and the the suspect goes flying
0: i love the fact that he does it without dropping the pizza yeah that too yes but and and i also like in our email discussion before we you know we plan to record these for anybody who didn't know this isn't (laughs) spontaneous we plan how we're going to record our podcast i love the fact that you compare this to peter parker and (laughs) spider-man and not tripping the bad guy that if he had tripped the bad guy then the bad guy wouldn't have been around to murder his uncle ben Um, you know, and and while that's a really cool, neat kind of humorous comparison, we absolutely have no idea of knowing this pizza delivery guy trips, this juvenile suspect, suspect gets arrested. What we don't know is the, what if, what if the pizza guy just watched and the juvenile got away, what crimes would he have gone on to commit? Who else would he have terrorized? What else would he have stolen? Or. Would he have run another half block out into traffic and got smeared by a bus? For all we know, that pizza delivery guy saved that guy's life by tripping him and helping him get arrested. We don't know, and it's—I have always been fascinated fascinated by the stuff that we don't know. When you're out on patrol, and and your sergeant gives you grief because you don't have any equipment repair orders and you don't have any st- tickets written and you don't have this, and you don't have that. What nobody can measure is how many crimes you prevented with visible presence in any given moment in time. And we just completely disregard that. And I think that's a huge mistake. But I, I love, like you said, how nonchalant the guy is. He never puts down his pizza. No. Just trips the guy like, he doesn't have a care in the world. This is what I'm going to do today. Whoop, here you go. Um, and And I find it fascinating to think about how pissed off that juvenile must have been. And yet he has no idea what that moment in time may have saved him from. We have no way, no way of no. I, I I think that's cool.
1: Yeah, it was a a perfect, uh, less lethal takedown.
0: Yeah. Uh, Now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Only because the juvenile didn't fall on a concrete step and break it down. (laughs) True. And then this pizza man would have been sued uh, for his aggravated assault on this innocent victim juvenile. Anyway, thank God that didn't happen.
1: Uh, no word though if the um if the customer was upset about the uh uh you know if the pizza wasn't hot enough by the time he, he got it to the person.
0: I'll anyway, him, I'll give him a free pizza.
1: <laughs> last story. Um in Mississippi, a traffic stop turned into an odd culinary adventure. Um <laughs> a a picky police officer had pulled over a vehicle. For just disregarding a, a traffic light, uh, but when the officers uh, actually came up to the the car, uh, they found um, a passenger trying to um, stuff a pistol into a Taco Bell quesadilla. Um, that was not a, a great hiding place. But real quick, Frank, what was the what is the, what was the strangest place you had? You know a. a um, a criminal had
0: hid evidence from you so i'll tell you two stories but first i want to make an observation Mm -hmm. this gun in the picture is it looks like it's either a 25 or or a 32 caliber weapon but the hammer on that weapon is cocked um so he, he was ready to shoot somebody and then i don't know what the drug is in the vial next to the gun in this picture he was obviously not just uh hiding a handgun now to answer your question A long time ago, we served a warrant on an apartment for a guy, and uh, he was wanted for dealing drugs. And so we had to search any place he could have stored drugs. And we found a handgun in the bottom of the diaper pail underneath of the bag full of smelly, stinky, dirty diapers. It was absolutely disgusting. Um, But we were glad to find the handgun. And and I had to wonder, it's not like he was going to get to it, access it. Quickly, as a defense thing, he was obviously simply trying to hide it—the most disgusting place he could think of, so we wouldn't look or find it. Now that said, and I have another really disgusting story I will tell you <laughs> offline about a guy who hid crack. Oh. Um, but we we had a guy on the street who who was a known drug dealer, and um, it's I'm glad criminals are stupid because uh, we we had stopped him; he had he had been searched. Um, he was under arrest and he had been searched and we didn't find anything on him, but we knew he had been dealing drugs. So the the canine handler that was there, um, and this never this this we didn't do anything wrong. The canine handler looks at the guy and he says, Look, my dog is trained to detect CDS, controlled dangerous substance drugs. But he's been trained with an aggressive alert. So if he smells drugs on you, he's not gonna sit and wag his tail. He's going to claw and bite and chew until he gets to the drugs. Now, all the cops standing there knew this was pure BS, but it was also kind of pure genius because the guy was like, they're up my butt. I'll give them to you. Let me let me get them out. I don't want that guy trying to. I don't want the dog chewing me up. I got drugs up my butt. Um, And he's screaming on the corner. He, he had drugs up his butt. Um, so obviously the dog never even had to get near him, but because he was afraid of being bitten by the dog, he readily gave up the fact that he had drugs up his rear end. Uh, none of us went to go get them. They did that <laughs> at the Department of Corrections. Thank God. Um, but th- those are, and that was not uncommon. We used to have drug dealers hide stuff up their rear end all the time in their underwear. Um, again, there's things I can't say because we're this is going to be you know published out there. When, when we're finished, I will tell you a truly disgusting story about where. <laughs> crack rocks were hidden and the cop i know who put on the gloves didn't have any hesitation found i don't know I think it was about 125 half gram rocks of crack i was like dude you're the man i wouldn't have done that but anyway uh, on on that note i <laughs> uh, will wrap it
1: wrap up this episode um I hope you're back next week for probably less scatological conversation, but just as interesting. Uh, Thanks again. I'm glad you're back, Frank. Um, Another good episode?
0: I like to think so, you know, and and I'm really enjoying these. I hope our, our listenership is. I like them because they're not as formal and structured. And honestly, I don't have to filter as much of what I say. Um, you know, officer.com serves law enforcement, and law enforcement's a very raw profession. We have to deal with everything that's thrown at us no matter what, like it, don't like it, gross, clean, it doesn't matter. And and because of that, because of the fact that we deal with reality unfiltered day in and day out, I feel like that's how some of our reporting, some of our writing, some of our podcasts ought to be in today's world of political correctness and George Carl seven things you can't say on radio. Somebody who knows those, email them to me. It's a test. Uh, frank at officer.com. Send them to me. First one I get, I'll send you a, a signed copy of a book. No joke. I, I said it right here send me the seven things you can't say, as per George Carlin. First one I get it to my email, frank at officer.com. I'll send you a signed copy of one of my books. Um, I, I like doing these, Joe. I look forward to coming back next week. It's always interesting to see what's going to be in the news. Sometimes it's sad. It's always a learning experience, but sometimes it's just damned entertaining. So I look forward to it.
1: Well, everyone's got their homework assignment. We'll see you back next week. Stay safe. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Lineup. Please remember the opinions voiced are not those of Officer Media Group or Endeavor Business Media, but only those speaking those opinions themselves. Thank you and stay safe.